Jack with Clark and Alyssa. So you saw Fantastic Beasts and you liked it. Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. It was good. Uh, I, I don't want to spoil anything for the listeners They've out there who haven't seen it. They've already seen it. it. <laughs> all of them. You've all already seen it. Uh, I, I didn't... They were standing in line <laughs> wearing That's... Hufflepuff scarves. I was probably like sitting next to some, and I just didn't even know it, you know? You should have introduced yourself. Hi. Oh, hi. I'm Clark. Surely you've heard my podcast. (laughs) Co-host of Wordstruck. We talk Harry Potter. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I watched it. I had some issues with it. Overall, I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. Very glad I went. Glad I saw it when I did. Uh, The beasts were, in fact, fantastic. Mm -hmm. I laughed a lot. Um, I loved the Thunderbird. It was so cool. The Thunderbird was way it cool. It made yeah. me wish I was a Thunderbird even more than I previously wished I was oh, a that's Thunderbird. The thun- yeah, that's the Thunderbird that the school is named after? The it Hermione? must be. Must be, yeah. It's uh, a bird that went into the sky and made a thunderstorm. <laughs> it has to be a Thunderbird. <laughs> it just wanted to be in Arizona, right? Yes. Yeah. Which, how weird was it to hear a British person say Arizona? And nothing yeah. sounded more foreign out of his mouth than Arizona. He said it, and I'm like... What? So many times. <laughs> I was like, just stop. Yeah. Just say West or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I think I was talking about this uh, last week with you, like right after I saw it, where I'm like, his whole character is diagonal. Mm-hmm. There's something just crooked about right. his character with the way he walks, with the way he talks and his mouth is and the way he's always facing people. And they always screen it in such a way that he's just a little bit off kilter. I want to see an interview of him talking about his physical acting choices because yeah. he clearly like he always puts so much thought into it. And I just want to hear his explanations for why he chose what he did. Yeah, yeah. Because I have all sorts of theories of, like, he's constantly on guard and he's constantly able to, like, crouch down and and, and hit the road running and, like, always trying to see more, like, more angles all at once in yeah, case something yeah. might, like, shoot out at him. And just, like, he's he's just very cautious yet ready. Mm-hmm. And and I wanted I want to hear his explanation because I'm sure he would say very eloquently what it, what it is that he was trying to do. Oh yeah, he definitely put a lot of thought and character into this character, and like he did not take this role lightly or an easy paycheck or anything. Uh, and of it was course nice. not. He's he's on the record saying many many times, even before he was cast in Fantastic Beasts, that he was like heartbroken for years that he was a British actor who was not cast in Harry Potter. Oh. And there's a there's an interview out there where he's like, there was a whole family of gingers. <laughs> And I thought, I must be pulled into that at some point. Like, I'm a perfect contender. Yeah. I'm a ginger and British. Like, I'm perfect. And, he, and oh, that's he's funny. never cast as a Weasley. And he's huh. like, I was just heartbroken for years that there was this whole huge club of British actors in Harry Potter, and I was not among them. He's like, now I'm finally among them. And the problem was, he's a Hufflepuff. So why would they cast him as a Weasley, you know? Oh, he could have. He could have. He could have acted it so easily. In his heart of hearts, he's a Huffle. Huffle Nation. Anyway, what are we talking about this week? Anyway, (laughs) what did you think of the movie? I I loved it. I um I thought it was really interesting. I was very nervous about. uh, There are lots of things about what we've read about Ilvermorny Mm -hmm. that have made me nervous about J.K. Rowling's portrayal of American culture. Ah, Um, it, It feels very much like an outsider trying to understand American culture and kind of getting close but not quite. Yeah. And I was nervous that the whole thing was set in New York and that it would be close but not quite. And 
I think that there are some interesting echoes of almost uh, of uh, mid-war Germany between World War One and World War Two. Yeah, Germany echoed in the way the Wizarding World works, which I think is interesting, and not really sure that that is how it would have gone down in America, but yeah. um, but maybe. Uh, uh, but other than that, I, I really enjoyed um, I really enjoyed the fact that we got to see a Muggle experience yeah. the magical world because that I got to I loved that character so much and I loved getting to see basically what it would be like if I were dropped in the middle of magic yeah and, yeah and people actually took me along yeah and, and I love the moment when when he's suddenly like in front of their the the Makuza and they're like wait like. This guy. Who's this guy? <laughs> how did he get this deep? Like, how did he get this far into our culture yeah. without anyone saying, wait a second, like, <laughs> someone get him out of here. He knows too much. And, and it turns out he just went along with stuff really well. And uh, and they trusted that those two would wipe his memory, which was a big trust thing, you know? Yeah, that and was like, a oh, yeah. strange thing. Yeah, they're like, you really need to wipe his memory. And I'm like, but you're not going to do it? Just in case, like when these guys are clearly You're not showing that watch they're watch it or yeah. none of that. Sorry, like... that's that's a lot of spoilers there. But uh, the Baker, fun character. Um, I, yeah, I just loved watching. Good actor too. What it's like? Oh, he made me cry so much. Aww. I cried several times in this movie, mm-hmm. and partly it was just like, like Newt is such a loving character, mm-hmm. and um, and then yeah, Jacob is is that his 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 fate was very sad to me. And, yeah. and also very brave, I think, for him to just say, like, I understand. I understand yeah, yeah. why you need to do what you need to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I loved it. They kill him, for those who haven't watched yes. the movie yet. They just off the baker. Suicide the by Makuza. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's ugly. <laughs> I mean, he knew it was coming. Um, it was bad. So that's how the movie ends, for those who haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> It's so sad. we'll never see him again never he's gone <laughs> he's gone forever <laughs> so we have a lot to get through and how's not about that chamber of secrets yeah. yeah uh so this episode we are talking about chapters 11 and 12 chapter 11 the dueling club tell me about it so in the dueling club the school hosts the dueling club that mm. is pretty much just lockhart doing magic horribly and snape pitting people against each other which seems like a really poor choice. And then Harry speaks to a snake, and then Justin Finch Fletchley and Nearly Headless Snake are petrified. Boom. Yep. That's uh, this chapter. Because nothing says good idea like putting a bunch of kids in, in a room and pitting them against each other and giving them virtually no instruction. Yeah, that was the part that it felt almost like Fight Club, except for they needed Fight Club rules. Yeah, they needed rules. They needed <laughs> like, structure. Instead of being like, all right, don't kill each other. <laughs> and, like, anything else is fine. But, like, just don't. Don't kill each it other. It was just so interesting to see, like, Snape did not care about the well-being of any students. He's no. like, whatever, throw them no. in the pool, they'll, you know, they probably aren't going to do too bad, except for I'm going to pit enemies against each other. Snape, like, yeah. I'm not even going to let friends fight each other because, like, they probably wouldn't try to kill each other. No, I'm going to put people who actually might try to kill each other against each other. Like, first day. Yes. Not... No instruction. No instruction. First day, pit them against each other. No one's taught anyone how to deflect a spell. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Lockhart was really bad at that. Yeah. 
You know what though? This is this is why Snape doesn't get uh, the job he wants. No. This is why when, when <laughs> he totally displays <laughs> when he displays this as his judgment, like this is what you do, huh? You're that petty that you just want to just watch kids duke it out. Like he needs a hobby. He needs um, somebody to to vent all this weird anger and frustration towards twelve year olds. Like, what's your deal, man? He needs a therapist. This this guy is not okay. And I'm sure we'll find out some sad story about why he's not okay. But for now, I don't have that. So right now, it's just like, Snape, you suck. Uh, stop sucking. You're terrible. I desperately want, like, a short video series of Snape in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get why he gets all this attention, this Harry Potter guy. I, no, I... he would not say anything. He would just sit there and, like, <laughs> stare his therapist down and then somehow, like, get them to fear him and then... Like, end up turning the table so that the therapist is spilling way more information than the therapist was supposed to. Like, hmm. oh yeah. my gosh. It probably wouldn't even be a series because he wouldn't do enough <laughs> different things. He'd just sit there stoically. It could be like a 30-second clip. Yes. Yeah. That's what, if you make this, listeners, mm-hmm. send it to me because I want to see it. Because that's real funny. <laughs> even if it's like a four-panel webcomic. That's yes. great. That's do what it. I want. Oh, man. But yeah, that instruction was terrible. He pitted people against each other. And then what I don't get... Okay, so when they yelled, um, stop, 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 only use disabling spells or whatever, they weren't referring to what Harry and Draco were doing, right? No. Because those guys were actually in bounds. Like, tickling spell, fair game. Uh, dancing spell, fair game. Because it disables them. It doesn't hurt them. It just makes them so they can't do anything. Like, what's what's bad about that? So, so here's... The other question, um, how they're trying to teach them new spells. Not really. <laughs> like that, but that's kind of the goal. Like, yeah, yeah. only use the disarming spell. You have not learned this spell. Try that spell that you have not learned yet. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, okay, that's fine. Go ahead and spend your own time, like, using a tickling spell and a dancing spell and all these things that are silly and not hurtful which is sort of interesting that they didn't go for hurtful spells like i kind of expect malfoy to go for a truly hurtful spell yeah and he does once snape eggs him on yeah exactly but he he's still just a kid too and he's not that brave uh that he would just do that i mean maybe but he seems a little bit more calculating than like i'm gonna make you dance like yeah. I don't know. He does like mocking Harry. And so, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make you dance, silly. and then we're going to make fun of how silly you looked dancing for the entire rest of the year, and that'll be enough fodder. We'll be good. I like the name of the spell. It was, like, Tarantula Legra or something like that, uh, where it, like, something like spider and then some musical term. And I'm just like, I like that spell name. It's it's Because it kind of made me think of, like, spider's legs dancing, where they're just dancing all over the place. And yeah, it's, it paints a it's picture yeah. without even really using words. And the thing that blew me away, uh-huh. so we're sitting here, we're watching Harry and Malfoy duel, mm-hmm. and we actually, on the page, see Harry cast a spell. Oh, crap. <laughs> I, this is how I should have started the episode. Sorry, sorry. Newsflash. Harry can do a spell. Oh, man. Yep, it happened. I don't think we, because we said we never saw it in Sorcerer's Stone, right? Up until, like, pretty much this point, Harry could have gone through every single event he's gone through knowing no magic whatsoever. Like, and the book would be exactly the same. Supposedly <laughs> he passed his exams. Like, obviously. Supposedly, he's yeah. In, he's yeah. in second year, so he passed, but we never see it happen. Yeah. 
he tries to unlock the door in mm. Snape's chamber. Doesn't do it. But yeah, the, yeah. the door is bewitched to not respond to unlocking spells. So mm. like the, that's the only time we see him utter a spell and it, and it doesn't work. And so it's like, I, I was like, man, Whoa. I feel like, <laughs> like I'm not prepared for this. Like, where did you learn to do this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're in school, so I guess that's probably where you learned to do it, but, like, we haven't seen it. It's, so. It was nice. It was good to see. Uh, and then Harry, or sorry, Hermione was in, like, a physical fight, which was probably what they were actually yelling at. Um, yes. That's... That, well, yeah, Harry, Harry and Malfoy probably were okay. Yeah. But still, like, that, that that's a lot of, like, work. The way Fight Club works is only one fight at a time. Yeah, and, like, yeah. that's kind of what you need, at least to establish the Dueling Club. Like, not a really bad example of a fair fight. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, you guys try. Yeah, you'll figure it out. <laughs> Everyone on the count of three, go. Yeah, so Dueling Club, bad idea. Uh, but I think it did... <laughs> further egg Hermione on <laughs> and the fact that like she'd been in a fight that day she was real grumpy about all sorts of stuff and she's like you know what I'm gonna steal this stuff from Snape because <laughs> Snape is not on her good list right now uh oh, so I didn't even think about that I, it seemed like I wasn't sure why she volunteered to do the actual stealing yeah I and, think at that point she's like screw this Snape guy which once again no talk of the invisibility cloak. Right? Where is the invisibility cloak? Like, that could have made it so much... Uh... Nowhere. It's nowhere. Nope. It's, they lost it or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy to lose, I guess. In the bottom of his trunk, Dobby stole it. Who knows? Like, <laughs> No, if Dobby or... had a piece of his clothing, then, you know, it's over. Or You have an like, invisible free house elf. There was a change in the canon from the first book to the second book where the cloak is actually invisible mm, mm-hmm. when you can't see it. So like, <laughs> Harry just forgot that he has it because he can't find it. <laughs> I think, no, I think Rowling... Out of sight, uh, out of mind. I think Rowling painted herself into the corner with giving it to him in the first book. And then she went to write the second book and she's like, this is way too powerful. Too many things are easy with an invisibility Yeah, cloak. yeah. She's like, shoot. Uh, you need to forget about this. I'm like waiting for when they're actually going to remember they have an invisibility cloak it's and, a... and what's that conversation going to be like of like oh i'll just go grab my invisibility cloak and we're going to pretend like yeah, i right? wouldn't have thought about this five months ago that's <laughs> <sighs> kids being kids man so but hermione without the invisibility cloak like gets in and her and harry gets her into the lab to steal all this stuff by throwing a firework into a potion which like that was bold. He. That's dangerous. That that yeah. to me is probably an expellable offense. Yeah, yeah. Like explosives while people are like in an already dangerous class. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm trying to think about in chemistry, there were so many rules that you had to abide by yeah. to make sure everything goes safely. And if you broke any of those rules there was going to be some real consequences. And I'm amazed that it was just like, it's just too chaotic. We're not even going to bother to figure out. Yeah. Like nobody saw anything really. And you think like if the people are getting their faces swollen up, they'd be pretty willing to rat someone out. Like granted, probably none of the Gryffindors would rat Harry out. True. True. Because just a prank, bro. (laughs) It's like, yeah. So, so I had an awkward situation, but like, let's try to pin it on one of the Slytherins and it's just such a mass chaos. Like, 
Yeah, it's... yeah. And and Harry screwed up by not getting any of it on himself. Come right. on, man. Get it on yourself. Dip your hand in there at the last second or something like that. Like, you, you can't just be, like, the one guy who, like, doesn't have it on you and you're looking around like, oh, what happened? I somehow miraculously hid behind my classmate who is somehow a giant brick wall and so he took the brunt of it. Yeah. Like, really, it would have been such a good distraction, like, if Harry had even, like, that would have been so much more convincing. Uh, but whatever. That's a, that's a small detail. Yeah. Uh, Hermione managed to sneak in and... Uh, how does Snape not have charms, trips, alarms, some indication of, like, someone's in my office? You'd think someone that's, like, this strong and this powerful would have wards. Like, I know that's a D&D thing. I know it's, like, a Warcraft and a League of Legends thing, but, like, why aren't there wards? And little alarm things and a little I mean, there bird. kind of are wards and alarms in the library, so, like, he totally that's could. True. I don't yeah. think it's necessarily out of the world. I think, uh perhaps Snape stores like as far as we can tell mm. uh, I don't think they're necessarily Snape stores they might just be like the general dungeon stores oh could be yeah um and or- and it's just affiliated with him cuz he's the potions master and yeah. and as far as we can tell I I don't think they're necessarily his personal stores mm. he probably has his own yeah that's true that, i bet his own that office that are fiercely is probably- guarded yeah but just in like whatever part of the classroom that like random extra things that you didn't come to school with like you that that's all on the list of you need to have all of these yeah, basic yeah. ingredients but probably not all of them probably some of them go bad throughout the year yeah and he might notice some of them are missing but he'll probably just be like huh thought we had more of that you know and this whole polyjuice thing i know we already kind of tore it to shreds but like what oh my a, gosh what it's, a bad idea. it's tatters by the end of this yeah like there are so many problems, and then the next chapter, it gets even worse. But, like, the fact that no one really questions that this is a mm-hmm. bad idea, they're just, like... The fact that Hermione never... She, uh, is it this one that he... I think it might be mm. the next chapter, where she says, um, like, we'll get the truth out of him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get the truth out of him yeah. soon enough. And I was just like, I've we've never heard her actually echo their thoughts that like yeah. it's malfoy and i still don't really believe that she thinks that it's malfoy she's going through a lot of hassle she's, she's leading the charge hassle but she I... put herself on the line with stealing the stuff like she's got to believe it i wonder how much of it is like I-, I wonder if she's there's enough doubt that she thinks yes we we do need to check this mm-hmm. and i wonder how much of it is i want to see if i can brew this potion oh yeah i want to see be. Like, I want to try this thing. I want to stretch my skills a little bit here because she's probably an excellent, like, enlargement portion, potion brewer or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, all, all of – she's she's the head of her class. and So this is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. If, how much of it is that and how much of it is Harry and Ron arrived at school separate from me and they kind of have already had their adventure and I kind of want to, like – I, I maybe feel a little left behind yeah, and be. want to be a part of the adventure and lead the charge and what she's doing well yes uh but on that note i do i noticed something right towards the beginning of the chapter that i think might be significant later maybe it was one of those little again check off gun things uh where it says conjuring up portable waterproof fires was a specialty of hermione's do you remember that from the first book it was in the first book yeah, well, she did it... Um, on Snape. That, that was one of the fires that when she lit Snape on fire, that was the kind of fire. 
And then they had it in glass jars outside in wintertime to keep them warm. I forgot that she lit Snape on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of an important thing to forget. Anyway, Uh, so she's already used it once. Okay, Um, I don't know. I'm just like, huh, I feel like for some reason that might come in handy later. And the, uh, did she she cast fire on the devil's snare? Oh, she That was did. what she used. Yeah. In, they the, changed in the, it movie, the movie, it's light. Yeah. yeah. But the fire in the books, yeah. Uh, and then I also liked uh, that Harry's like, oh, where are Ron and Hermione? And Percy's like, I don't know. I hope they're not in the bathroom. And Harry's like, oh, yeah, they're probably in the bathroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then he goes right to the bathroom. I'm like, that's funny. Thanks, Percy. Thanks. <laughs> You're so unaware of stuff always. Oh, Percy. <sighs> So we do need to talk about the Hufflepuffs in this chapter and how they were um, exposition puffs. A league of exposition puffs. (laughs) The league of extraordinary exposition puffs. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're so bad. Yeah, and Harry pulls a Snape, a total Snape move, where he's just lurking around in the shadows and he hears them talking crap, just like when they first got to the school and they were peeking through the window. Harry pulled that exact same move as Snape, so maybe he is the descendant of, yeah, maybe he's a Slytherin. Because she's sure acting like a Slytherin, sneaking around, listening in on stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, he goes in and he tries to defend himself, but acts real cool about it. But yeah, Harry goes and he listens in on the Hufflepuffs, and we hear everything we need to hear about what the school thinks of Harry Potter and the whole situation. Just all laid out. It's (sighs) it's brutal. It's painful. It's... I wonder how many... Like, I I think about times that I'm with my friends and we're sort of recounting... Mm -hmm other acts or like kind of talk when, when you're talking about other people sometimes i gossip i will admit that <laughs> and yeah, we're only when, you, when you're gossiping do you talk so specifically i was trying to get a sense of how bad is this or is this representative are they kind of telling themselves a story and they're trying to tell themselves a story well, and I, so they're filling in more blanks than they would if they were just sort of having a casual conversation. Like, the fact that there are so many of them, maybe they're sort of posturing more. Yeah, maybe they're trying to actually stitch together a narrative between all the points that they hold. And other people are just kind of chipping in, well, oh, well, what about this? Oh, yeah, that probably fits in like this. So they're just spitballing. It could be. I don't think this really is representative of a conversation amongst 12-year-olds. Yeah, I I don't. It's super... I tried to make it work. It, it was the most uncomfortable exposition bot situation in these two chapters. Like, what? More uncomfortable than Draco's thing in the next chapter? Because that's have pretty to, I bad. Ha- that one's really bad. But I, th- I have theories on that one. That one felt a little more natural to me than this okay. one. That one, I'll put that one and we'll get to it yeah. in the next chapter. But about the, at the same level as when Draco and his dad were at the shop in that side store in that other... Yeah, yeah, which I could also explain away, yeah. that one. And you did, this and you, you kind of convinced me. Hufflepuffs are worse. Hufflepuffs are worse. They're, they're worse. Harry should not have come out and said anything, especially, like, making it clear that he's looking for Justin. After everything you just heard them say, you're just going to come out and be like, oh, yeah, where is that guy? You know, where is he? You can just tell me where he is, because I'm looking for him. I forget why he was looking for him. Just because he ran away and he was like, I want to make sure he knows that I'm not Yeah, evil. he wanted to explain and... that he was trying to save him. but like, Oh, the snake, that's right. Yeah, with the snake. Um, He was like, this is what was going on. Do you think... Okay, back to the dueling club. Mm-hmm. Um, snake whispered something to Malfoy's ear. Malfoy got this look of delight. and Put the snake out 
and which does not count as a disabling spell. So Snape is such a hypocrite, mm-hmm. saying like only use disabling spells except for you. You should really put a Snape. Snape out. did totally not say that. That was just Lockhart, who's oh. like, we're disarming. That's what we're doing. But and Snape's like. Yeah, that's right. Where are the enemies in the room? Let's put them against each other. And here are a couple of spells I've got up my sleeve. Just go nuts. It'll be great. I think... I've been waiting to see these kids rip each other apart for all of my years. Yeah, yeah. Which again, man... I would have loved this when I was a student here. It would have been great. (laughs) Which again, man, get a therapist, get a hobby. Come on, man. It's sad. It's sad. Sleeping therapy. That's what I want. But uh, I have to wonder... If Snape had a hunch and telling him the snake spell was a way to possibly prove his hunch. And mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. What what was his hunch? That perhaps Harry is a parcel tooth descendant of Parcel Mouth. Parcel mouth. Parcel tooth. <laughs> parcel tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, could be a, a so could be a name. But I, he thinks he might be a descendant of Slytherin? I mean, it's an int- it seemed awfully convenient, specifically a snake. Maybe that is just like a signature Slytherin move. Throw a snake at it, you know? Maybe that's maybe that's all it was. Just an innocent throw a snake at it. Harry won't know what to do with that. But he also could have been like, man, I have a hunch. And if I'm right about that hunch, it could send waves through this school if people see that Harry Potter is a descendant of Slytherin parcel, to, parcel mouth. <clears throat> <laughs> that's gonna be weird to get used to <laughs> where would he get this hunch i don't know i don't know if we know anything about snape whatsoever but snape knows where harry potter came from snape presumably knew his parents uh snape knew a lot more than we know he does so it's like i don't know. I, I don't know. i'm just spitballing here but it is possible given how convenient the whole situation was that maybe snape knew something that we didn't know that he knew or had a hunch. Interesting. I've yeah. never really thought about why why a snake. Why why would he cast that right yeah. then? I I sort of just assumed because uh, a snake is the Slytherin yeah, mascot. Yeah, throw a snake and, at it. It's what we do, you know. And the, he sort of gauged this is a kind of creepyish spell that I that a second year could probably cast. Yeah. And like we'll do this and it'll be a good show and it'll freak harry potter out it'll be great and also it, it might make lockhart look dumb too because he, he's all about embarrassing lockhart and he's like cool we'll throw a snake at it harry might not know what to do which would make harry look stupid totally... and then lockhart would step in and lockhart would look stupid so it's kind of a double whammy yeah i've i've never thought about why beyond it would be freaky and snape's gotta have a motive beyond yeah. it would be freaky yeah you're totally right i should have thought of that yeah so that's <laughs> I like it it's yeah. an interesting theory that's the dueling club sorry so back to the puffs no. exposition um like crazy he still tells them that he's looking for justin and then lo and behold he finds justin petrified with nearly headless nick which freaks peeves right out <laughs> because he, yeah. peeves is like nothing sacred nothing is safe <laughs> It's, yeah. I mean, yeah, it shows peeves can be petrified. Yeah, well, I mean, yes. And also really scared. <laughs> Which is a side I, of him we haven't seen. Every time that I've read it, I, I don't, I've never gotten fear from it. I've kind of gotten like, here's the thing, oh my gosh, it's another one, I'm gonna blow it, like, 
crazy out of proportion, but like he's I think all he's scared. Yeah, he's also yeah he's vulnerable to whatever it is, and which is weird because he's by himself a lot wandering around the school. So yeah, Peeves likes to just do all sorts of yeah. I wonder if he'll like never be alone again. <laughs> He's will like, just be like pestering the bloody baron. The yeah, right. Just rest following of the him year. constantly. Yeah, why are you following me? No reason. No reason. If if you're if I'm going down, you're coming down with me. <laughs> <laughs> that does kind of bring into question: Was nearly headless Nick a um, <clears throat> a half blood? I'm, I'm not going to say the other word. Was he? Uh, you know. I could see it. Okay. Okay. I could totally see it. Or is it just a ghost thing? Can can whatever's freezing people can it freeze whatever it wants and it just targets specific people? Uh, probably yes it probably if it can freeze someone it, it can freeze anyone or if it just has a problem with halves and so he's like half headless <laughs> he's like nearly headless not pure enough <laughs> not, not headless <laughs> enough for me buddy that's funny uh <laughs> and then uh important and Harry is brought to the chambers of dumbledore, of dumbledore. to be clear <laughs> like yeah. No chamber of secrets unless that's the chamber of secrets. Could be. There seems to be secrets there. There are a lot of secrets there. That'd be a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbledore opens it every day. Turns out. Every day. <laughs> He's like, how did they do that? I, I thought I locked it. <laughs> the password's lemon drop. No one here knows what those are because right. they're all wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Silly wizards. <sighs> oh, man. Um... So. Yeah, so I I wonder what was it? Uh, so Harry keeps finding all these petrified people. Mm-hmm. He's the one who found uh, Mrs. Norris, terrible Colin guy, and <sighs> and then he it ends up in in the same room as Colin, like right after that. Yeah, and yeah. to the average student, they might not know that Harry wasn't around when they found him. Yeah. They're like Harry wasn't in just, the call, like in the commons. That's for sure. Like I think we're pretty confident that it's not Harry because we're in Harry's head. We're not around when it happens. Yeah, I don't think the re- the narrator is that unreliable. Yeah. So so is someone trying to frame Harry? Uh, because he keeps finding them. I mean that would that would require some type of prescient knowledge as to where Harry's going to be. Uh, I think maybe the whispering and baiting him up there could be perceived as uh framing him and if it is a ghost or if a ghost is involved which i think i posited as a as an option um then a ghost would be able to go through walls and go invisible and stuff so they could know where he was and frame him uh so yeah it's an option that he's being framed whether or not he is uh i mean i think it's very convenient for whoever's doing it that harry's getting blamed for it Mm -hmm. and it could have just like happened the first time and they're like well that worked out (laughs) like we'll just need to watch where that kid is yeah like let's stoke that fire because that's working uh, nice make sure we do this when he's nearby yeah (laughs) but at the same time dobby's made it pretty clear that whoever's causing these problems does have a specific problem with harry and specifically like harry you yourself are in danger period and so yeah, this probably does revolve around Harry in a way that we have not yet seen. Uh, the fact that he's just there and that he's getting framed for it, that might just be a byproduct, but it could very well be intentional. It's hard to say. Uh, it is very convenient for whoever's doing it to put it on Harry. Uh, turn everybody against each other. So yeah, it's nice to see some puffles. 
I just wish that uh, Puffles. <laughs> I didn't need to say that, but I like it. And uh, I, I just wish we had been able to see a more playful Puff because I like him. I'm biased. But instead we saw exposition Puffs. Yes. So And, uh, and Ernie McMillan pointing very theatrically and going, caught in the act. <laughs> and it's like, wow. you're muggle-born, aren't you? And you watch like way too many detective shows. So cheesy. You've read too much Agatha Christie. <laughs> Is that possible, Alyssa? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, um, so do you have any closing words about this chapter? Um, I just want to point out uh, there is yet another time that Harry can tell an adult something and he chooses not to tell an adult where he bumps into Hagrid and Hagrid's like just you know taking care of mm-hmm. roosters and like just something's killing roosters you, you seem like you're not okay Harry yeah. what's up and Harry's like nothing and then if you can't tell Hagrid who's gonna be 100% on your side yeah he's gonna be cool he's walking he, around with a dead chicken man he's, he's got... the one who told Ron who tried to curse Malfoy I would have done the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Hagrid's not going to throw you under the bus. Like, you could tell him about the polyjuice potion, and he'd be like, well, be careful. That's a good idea. Yeah, he's like, huh, can you turn into anything? You know, it's... Like... Yeah. Who could I... Could I take some of that? And, like, I could... Mm-hmm. Ooh. Like, he'd get on board. He would help them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's... Probably not go that far, but he, he might. He definitely... Harry could have solved a lot of problems there. Or even ask, like... Like Hagrid knows about parcel tongue stuff, parcel mouth, parcel, parcel mouth, and parcel tongue's the language. Parcel mouth is the person who speaks it. Oh, that's why. So um, that's, that's why you threw teeth in there just for kicks and giggles. Just for kicks and giggles. There's <laughs> a little something for everyone. Uh, I he could have talked to Hagrid about that. Be like, hey, you know about animals and working with animals and beasts. Like, what do you think about this? Uh, but he didn't. He didn't do anything responsible whatsoever. And I just want to shake Harry Potter more and more literally every chapter. He is such just a silly, short-sighted child. Mm -hmm. But at least he can do a spell, so that's (laughs) something. (laughs) Lends him credibility. Uh, He can make someone laugh without thinking things are funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So handy. So handy. So, on to favorite quotes. What you got? Favorite quotes. I totally almost looked at my notebook, which is not where my favorite quotes are. They're in the book. (laughs) Somewhere in there. Let's see. Um, I have two, and they both have to do with air, which is sort of interesting. Okay. They're the same kind of theme, but not. Air with an H and an E and an I and an R, or air is in what we breathe? Air is in what we breathe. Okay. Um, The first is on 185, Mm -hmm. and it's Harry's wandering around, and the news of Colin Creevy is spreading, and the air was suddenly thick with rumor and suspicion. Whoa. And I'm like... I know what that feels like when, like, you're surrounded by rumor and suspicion and you kind of, like, feel it in your throat even of just how much you don't know and how much you don't understand and how much you think could be. And it's it's a a very tangible feeling of fear. Yeah. And I like it. There's a lot of glances at someone and you kind of want to bring something up, but you're like, "Mm, I don't want to talk about that. I can't cut through that. Like, I can't even really speak it. It's 
too thick. And then the other one is on 192. Hmm. And it's right after the uh, chaos of all of the students attacking each other. Mm-hmm. And there's a haze of greenish smoke was hovering over the scene. <laughs> And I'm just like, yep, that's what would happen if you had an entire school of wizards just attack each other. <laughs> yep. Just kind of the chaos of the haze settling. <laughs> I blame Ron for that. And <laughs> Definitely. Especially, I liked, I, I was going to pick Ron, um, like, apologizing for whatever his wand is. <laughs> He's like, I don't even know what <laughs> that I'm, was. I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I uh, promise I was just <laughs> trying to disarm you. <laughs> now you have four noses. <laughs> <laughs> And you didn't deserve it, but it's really funny. And then when you said 185, I thought you were going to talk about um, Neville saying, and everyone knows I'm almost a Squidward. <laughs> poor guy. Oh, poor guy. But right. nope. Uh, so my favorite quote was on 204. And you kind of mentioned it, but uh, they marched in silence around a corner and she stopped before a large and extremely ugly stone gargoyle. Lemon drop, she said. This was evidently a password because the gargoyles <laughs> rang suddenly. Okay, so the the password to Dumbledore's office is lemon drop. Like, how perfect is that? It's so funny because he's always thinking about food, always thinking about candy. I'm just like, of course. Like, that'd probably be like his computer password too. Like, lemon drop or like pumpkin juice or something like that where it's like, do, 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 peppermint humbug. <laughs> It's like you are the least secure wizard, man. Like Cocoa and marshmallows. <laughs> It'd probably be like some UK spelling of cocoa with like 12 U's in it somewhere. Cocoa. Arizona. <laughs> I'm, I'm now imagining that Dumbledore signs every letter Cocoa and marshmallows. Aww. <laughs> like... If he had like two phoenixes, then one would be Cocoa and one would be named Marshmallows. And they'd roast and it'd be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so on to chapter 12, the Polychoose Potion with a really creepy piece of artwork. Yeah. Well, uh, that's what Goyle looks like. Yep. You wouldn't want to stare at that very much. And there's also a light bulb, which uh, I wasn't really expecting. Especially since uh, it talks about how the torches are out Yeah. in, in the bathroom. But so that is clearly a light bulb on a light stand thing. Either a discrepancy or they have... Like, it's sort of like when you go to a pretty old school that has mm-hmm. been, like, gradually remodeled. And so, like, you've got the really ancient sinks, but the new urinals or whatever. <laughs> like, uh-huh, uh-huh. you're like, oh, right. Yeah. This you is keep... really old, and we don't have enough money to completely overhaul it. Slash, mm-hmm. like, someone probably did something historic with that one yeah, torch. Yeah. And so, like, we need the light bulb, but nah, we can't get rid of the torch because... Eh. They're, that family's a big donor, so... <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I, I'm assuming it's some just type of discrepancy. In my mind, it's just like the artists just like, they're like, all right, we need to see someone looking into a mirror in a bathroom. And they're like, oh, bathrooms have a light. So... Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't really notice it, but... But... I we see have, it. Yeah. A lot more important matters to talk about. What is this chapter even about? Um. So Christmas arrives Woo. at Hogwarts and all of the students, except for all of the Weasleys and Malfoy. <laughs> this is a timely episode. Yeah. Uh, are basically the Weasleys and Malfoy and Crab Goyle are left, and Harry and Ron discover that Malfoy is not the heir of Slytherin. Whoa! Who'd have guessed? <laughs> Rats. Yeah, if shoot. only. I was pretty convinced on that storyline. 
I'm, I'm just so disappointed that Hermione was not more of a skeptic. That's that's the one thing that I wanted. And again, ask an adult, like, hey, what do you know? I mean, I know you're not a big fan of the Malfoys. What do you know about their lineage? Do you think he could be the Slytherin guy? And ask Hagrid. Hagrid. When... Ask Hagrid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hates Malfoys. He'd probably feed into it, but whatever. Well, like... But he would also be like, well, they're bad, but they're not, you know, the evil heir of Slytherin. Like, <laughs> So I think he would have cleared that up, too. But... Where's the fun in that? Where's the tension there? I I guess I don't really know how she would have created more of the plot if they were intelligently informing their choices. Mm -hmm. But um, the chapter actually starts when Harry is in Dumbledore's office and he's kind of like snooping around and like looking at things. And Mm -hmm. then he learns that there's a bird that we we later learn is a phoenix. Mm -hmm. But catches fire. And the greatest thing is Harry like... (laughs) Like, having an instant mental panic of, like, like, oh, "Oh my gosh, and now I've killed Dumbledore's bird. And, like, what am I going to, like, I can't do anything right. And I I just, I love that Uh, moment of panic. It is good. (laughs) It's such a sweet little moment of, like, Harry, Harry, Harry. Like, your bird looked so sad and pathetic, and then it died. (laughs) When he, like, had already talked about being worried about, like, oh, I hope it doesn't die. And then it's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's like i'm cursed not can't do anything it right. but it went up into flames oh it's majestic <laughs> oh man <sighs> and then he sees the little baby and he's like uh it's still as ugly as it was mm. before just a different kind <laughs> yep so i guess phoenix is real pretty in adolescence <sighs> phoenixes that's gonna play into something uh, I feel like we're, we're going to have to, like, there's going to be a lot of phoenixes, and we're going to have to put them in some kind of order, and that's going to cause some kind of conflict in a future <laughs> book. They're going to be like, how do I choose? How do I manage all of these phoenixes and get them in an order that is reasonable? So I think that's going to be an interesting plot I think line. you should have written the fifth book, because that is a significantly better plot than what we have. Harry walked into the room, and there were 20 phoenixes. And a note They're- on the wall saying, you must put them in the correct order. Or Dumbledore will die. And he's yes. like, oh, no, I need to order all these phoenixes. <laughs> no, 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 He was Christmas shopping. Oh, And he uh-huh, was placing uh-huh. an order for phoenixes. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, I hate ordering phoenixes by owl. There's so many specifications. <laughs> Particularly because whenever birds deliver birds, it's problematic. <laughs> yep, yep. It's this real awkward thing, you know. Mostly because, like, you send an owl to place the order, and then the owl expects to deliver something, but mm-hmm. they're like it's a bird it can fly it, it can yeah, complete yeah. its own order you're not gonna then, put a phoenix in a cage and then tell an owl to fly that and phoenix then hedwig's offended yeah and then he's like my best friend hates me it's gonna be another six months before it nibbles my ear affectionately which is super weird did you yeah. <laughs> like that's a weird way for owls to express affection is it though i'm gonna like kind of eat your ear i think that would be great i i I would very much love an owl to be sitting on my shoulder, just kind of nibbling on my ear, because it's so cute, and I love it, and I want to scratch its little head between its eyes, and I want it to close its eyes and be all peaceful. The, the, scra- the scratching and the petting is all fine, but, like, they're raptors. They're oh. very sharp beaks. <laughs> yeah. But he was tender. I don't know. I, uh, I try to convert, like, every animal to a shoulder animal. I mean, just... <laughs> Like, we had a cat in the Brooklyn apartment, and I would just throw that sucker up on my shoulder every chance until it realized, like, okay... This is where I go on Clark. I sit on his shoulder and I walk around and I just sit here and he walks me around and it's fun. Were you a pirate in another life? I must have been. Or perhaps Mrs. Frizzle. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> if I had a chameleon, I would totally put that thing on my shoulder. <laughs> anyway, wow, we got a little off topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Harry tries on the sorting hat while he's in Dumbledore's office. Just because, why not? Because he's been having an existential crisis, and he asks the sorting hat, were you wrong? And the sorting hat's like, I never make mistakes go away. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, what? Like, leave me be. I mean, I stand by what I said. And then he proceeds to plant doubt, which is like, mm. uh, are you really as solid as you say you are, Sorting Hat? Because the first thing that you say, I stand by what I said, is I disagreed with you and you chose something else. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about the Sorting Hat, man. Like, he's got his own... Uh, he's, Who he's, disturbs my slumber? <laughs> exactly. He's like, look, man. I I know you're just trying to get answers, but bro, like, this is my 364 day vacation, and you are totally messing it up. So, yep. I wonder if Dumbledore ever talks to it. Because I mean, the it, hat on, and he's like, "You sure I'm really Gryffindor? Well, <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's a, a evil queen in Snow White situation. Who's the fairest <laughs> of them all? Oh, yes. Who's the king of the Gryffindors? Sorting hat. <laughs> you are Dumbledore. Ah, that's right." <laughs> <laughs> trust me i could replace you tomorrow <laughs> uh yeah it's i feel like the the sorting hat has a wealth of knowledge and a lot of things it doesn't tell people and it's it's imbued with a lot more than just a complicated sorting algorithm so uh it is <laughs> only you would computerize the sorting hat <laughs> what else would it be it takes in mathematize the sorting hat it takes in data and spits out an output like that's what it is it's <laughs> You're hopeless. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> it's magic algor- algorithms. Uh, or therapy. One or the other. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. Snape just needs a, a good session with the sorting hat, probably. Yeah, there you go. Like, he puts it on, and the sorting hat's like, oh, boy. Like, <laughs> you finally uh, kept your appointment. I'm yep. glad to see you here, Snape. <laughs> glad you can make it here today. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, whew, we are having a hard time so, staying on this. So chapter. Dumbledore is talking to Harry, and and then suddenly Hagrid bursts in to come <laughs> to Harry's defense of like, I swear it wasn't Harry, and uh, like he kind of has a little bit of a panic attack at Dumbledore, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of, it's very sweet. It's very sweet. I like I I've never felt more endeared to Hagrid than this moment. Like. He knows his mummy is is the other moment of, like, I totally get this love of Hagrid. Mm-hmm. I completely understand. And it's this, like, Hagrid's, like, harried and kind of manic and still swinging dead roosters. And he's just <laughs> like, it wasn't him. And I just, I love him. I love him so much. Yeah. I want Hagrid on my team. Especially because he had to, like, run th- go through the schools and do all this stuff. Like, stuff that he's just not huge on it's yeah. just not his thing and he probably doesn't fit in that like no. tiny little escalator <laughs> type staircase up no to Dumbledore's way. office very well like he probably doesn't go there very often just because it's uncomfortable yeah <sighs> but he did it he did it for Harry because he loves him and it he... was a nice moment yeah and Dumbledore's like yeah man we're good like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I read you we're, it's not Harry yeah <laughs> like, he's like why do people keep thinking that Harry's actually gonna get in trouble don't you know don't you know Hagrid he's his, untouchable like, his name is the title of this book he's not going anywhere <laughs> nothing sticks to this guy nothing sticks he could literally be found alone with the petrified guy and and we're like eh <laughs> stuff happens clearly it wasn't him <laughs> I hear he talks to snakes. Eh, 
Yeah. I hear Slytherin talk to snakes. And still not Harry. Yeah, no, it, it can't be him. Uh, but it does. I mean, we find out that it's not Malfoy. Uh, we're still led to believe that it's not Harry because we see Harry not doing those things. So, like, I'm still trying to figure out. I still don't know who it is. I still don't know. It could just be the Lockhart's really putting on this facade of, I have no idea what's happening. Ah, but at night, he's this super powerful guy that walks around. But Could he perhaps have Voldemort on the back of his fully... Ooh, uh, behind all the luxurious All locks. the hair. It's possible. It's very He's possible. a little disheveled after um, after Snape totally disarms him. Kicks it's like, butt. could we have maybe seen some, like, Voldemort nose? <laughs> just, a, but... just a flash of nose. Though I thought Voldemort didn't have a nose, but maybe... Maybe he did, and then Snape slammed it go. against the wall, and so it was forever <laughs> smushed Snape. in. Snape just whispers, <laughs> I got your nose. <laughs> Uh, good stuff that's terrible i just figured like his nose was one of his horcruxes where they're like well gotta get rid of all the horcruxes let's take out his nose first i think he really likes it (laughs) anyway i don't know i don't know what that stuff means Uh, (laughs) so uh i still don't know who the darn heir is there's they can't introduce a new character at this point, can they? Like we are almost we are more than halfway through. We the are book. more than halfway through the book. If they throw in a new character that is in any way shady, I'm like, yep, that's that. Who else could it be? So like, it's probably an existing character, which leaves us with Lockhart, I guess. That's like it, man. That's it. Unless there's something really. Are you dis- Will you be disappointed if it's Lockhart? <sighs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I will be. Because, like, at least Quirrell was kind of like a side character. He had his quirks. They mentioned him. But he didn't get nearly as much attention and everything as Lockhart. But Lockhart's just, like, such bright spotlights. And I I think we talked about this in a previous episode, too. But, like, it would just be shoving it down our throats if it's been Lockhart this whole time. Just ramming it down there. And and I don't like that. It's... It's it's like she's trying to see like how brightly she can shine the light on him without us seeing that he's actually the bad guy, and it, it's an interesting exercise if that's what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, how much can I ram you, the reader, over the head with this without my like without my main characters actually picking up on it? Because yeah, none of yeah. them have suspected him so far. Well, and really, the author hasn't given us. Like, Hermione's still smitten with him. Yeah, yeah. Like, Snape hurts him, and she's like, oh my gosh, I wonder if he's okay. And they're all like, whatever, he'll be fine. Yeah. He's (laughs) He's annoying. Yeah. He probably deserved it. Yeah, and and, (laughs) I mean, it it just makes more and more sense than it would be him. Like, what better way to stay off the radar than to have possibly your biggest threat as Snape just think that you're a total buffoon and totally incompetent, even to the point of letting him kick your butt in a duel and making you look silly. Like, what an elaborate, well-thought-out cover, if that's truly the case. Uh, and Except for we're too backed out to buy into it. Except what? We're too, we the reader, are too backed out to buy into it, or? No, I think if I... If I wasn't, you know, a 20-something-year-old cynical person, I would have <laughs> not seen it coming whatsoever, you know? It, it would have been a big reveal. And this is all speculating that he is, in fact, the heir, which I still, like I said, I don't know. 
that's just the strongest bet I have so far. And given what I know, I can kind of retroactively piece together how he would be and how this whole thing is just a cover and how, you know, how he handles Snape and Harry Potter and how he wants to keep Harry Potter close to him. But he's just, you know, he wants it to be like, you know, he's using everything that he's built up as a way to get what he wants. And it makes sense. He's using the tools he's given. And, um, it's, yeah. It, it would so work. So if it's him, it would work. And if it's somebody yeah. else, then they're, I'm not going to see the breadcrumbs until it's shoved in my face, apparently. So if it's not him, I'm missing something really big. <laughs> um, which is possible, you know? Uh, that'd be fun, too. It'd be fun to be genuinely surprised and and tricked you know i'd be a little bit like what what do you mean like i didn't see this coming at all that'd be fun but mm, not looking that way more than halfway through the book so yeah it's it'd be a surprise if we if we get a new character at this point um so uh, also in this chapter we have a whole lot of weasleys a lot of weasley which is kind of fun yeah it's fun to see like Fred and George, like, they're parading through the hallways, like, giving Harry a little bit of a wide berth, like, heir of Slytherin coming through, look out, here he is, and and then and Percy and Ginny are, like, not amused, where Percy's, like, smacking him down, and Ginny's just, like, a wailing head, that's all yeah, she is, yeah. which sort of reminded me of first year Hermione, like, maybe we're seeing a little echo of, like, She's scared. Hermione, when Hermione was scared of the troll, she was kind of useless. Ginny's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of useless. Like it's like she's clearly very competent. She's grown up around the brothers and stuff like this, so she's not like disabled with. We emotion. saw some sass when she faced Malfoy in, in yeah. Diagon Alley, and I'm yeah. kind of like, I miss the sass. Where'd yeah. that go? It's easier when you have parents you can kind of like hide behind. You know. Yeah. Well, she's got. Two brothers who are clearly not threatened. No, and not another at all. brother who's not. Who, Ron's not really threatened. He's giving a lot of thought to it, but like, yeah. not really scared of the heir of Slytherin. Really, probably because none of them are yeah, at risk. Yeah. Really, it's, it's just weird to see how different the Gryffindor's opinion of the whole situation is compared to the other school, uh, houses. You know, the Huffles were a little, you know, they didn't want to jump to judgment, but they're like, look, guys, there's some solid evidence that it's Harry. We need to travel, you know, we need to be a little bit careful buddy system here. And the Gryffindors are just like, what? Like, nah, nah, like, I, no big deal. I'm really sad we don't get to see any Ravenclaws in this, because yeah. I feel like they probably all go back to their common room and just stare at, like, a whole board that's just, like, <laughs> every face of every student and, like, yarn. Twine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, what 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 have you, like, your entrance into the common room mm-hmm. that night is mm-hmm. you need to have new information on who the heir might be. That's the password. <laughs> like... Like, give a name that hasn't been named yet. (laughs) What, do you have evidence? No, turn around and come back. (laughs) They've probably already solved it, you know. Oh, yeah. They just just don't know what to do with it. They're like, well, now we need to test this theory. (laughs) Okay, let's throw a couple more at it and see what happens. (laughs) And then by the end, they're going to be, like, going to the office to tell a professor, and, like, Harry will have already fought the guy, you know. Like, he's already defeated. They're like, well, but But we totally solved it last week, though. (laughs) Like, we just needed to really make sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the one case where uh, the losers do write the history books. Because <laughs> the Ravenclaws are not cool, yet they have all the data. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to be a fly on that wall so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Let's see. What else did I want to talk about uh, with the Weasleys? Because it's a lot of fun to see just like just Weasleys and Harry and Hermione in the common room. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, that's a holiday that I want. This holiday sounds so fun. You know, it's, it's, aside from the like, we're going to drink a disgusting potion and then like run around yeah. aimlessly for 15 minutes, <laughs> wasting precious time of that potion. Right. It's like you should have had all of these conversations and done all of these things before you drank the potion. Oh, what, before we get to that, though. Um, so they have their Christmas dinner mm-hmm. and Dumbledore leads them in his favorite Christmas carols. And I want to know what you think some of Dumbledore's favorite Christmas carols might be. <laughs> Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Uh, Classic. Interesting. Well, is that is that a UK Christmas song? They have an entire different set of Christmas songs. They do. They, But I also wondered if, like, I think he would be a person who would love... Uh, uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas, particularly because they sing about figgy pudding, and he probably yeah. just giggles when they get to the figgy pudding part. Yeah. He's like, and mm, figgy pudding. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to go anywhere until you feed me. So <laughs> I will keep singing at you until you feed me. And uh, I think that he wants a hippopotamus for Christmas. I think oh, he likes yep. like all of the Christmas songs with animals in them. He's a big fan, and he probably like has rewritten those to not be hippo- hippopotamus, but like a hippogriff. Yeah, or I was just thinking that. I was just, I was like trying to retcon hippogriff into it. <laughs> I want a purple hippogriff for Christmas. <laughs> only purple hippogriffs will do. And, yeah, and he probably like only wants his two front teeth for Christmas. Oh, like, I can see some, that. Like the the like kind of quirky Christmas songs that yeah. are not Christmas songs. He even does the lisp for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Totally. Do you think somebody snitched on me could be made about the snitch? <laughs> I don't know this. <laughs> I don't know this Christmas song, but yes. What? <laughs> I don't know it. It's I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mommy and daddy are mad. I'm getting nothing for Christmas because I ain't been nothing but bad. And he just like goes through this list of all the things he's done. And he's like, but somebody snitched on me. <laughs> No, I haven't heard And it's it. instead, like, written about, like, yeah, a, yeah. a whole Quidditch match or something. <laughs> I won't be winning the House Cup. Somebody snitched on their team. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, speaking of Dumbledore, uh, I think you wanted to bring up that uh, Harry had a prime opportunity to talk to Dumbledore. And again... <sighs> Did not talk to an adult. Hashtag tell an adult. Seriously. <laughs> he literally, like, he sits Harry down and he's like, I don't think it's you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to tell me? <sighs> and Harry is just like, mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to list 12 things that I could tell Dumbledore <laughs> in my head. Any, any of them. Yeah. I just have that list, like, you know, that graphic that you see. I forget what movie that is, but they kind of zoom in on the character's head and it goes and there's this wheel spinning and it kind of ends up on something. Mm-hmm. And it's like that where it's like there's all of these things that he could be. And then it just, it just lands on, on a, like mm, on the nah. line between two. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, mm, no, nah, got nothing. And the frustrating part is that we don't get a reason why yeah. he doesn't say anything. Yeah. We like the only reason we have so far that Harry has not told an adult is Ron at one point saying... It's bad to hear voices. Which, like, okay, all the better reason to, like, try to figure out why. And, like, if you, again, if you can't trust Hagrid, if you can't trust Dumbledore, when he specifically is telling you, like, look, man, we're cool. I'm just here to gather data. You know, like, I'm just here to try and figure this out and get ahead of things. Maybe you have some questions and I could answer them. We could help each other. But, like, if you can't trust that, man. like Which, 
But even, I don't really buy that he doesn't trust Dumbledore. Because we haven't heard him ever doubt the trustworthiness of Dumbledore. Yeah, that's true. Like, at least if you're not going to tell an adult, give me reasons why you're not telling an adult. Yeah. And just kind of being afraid that someone's going to put the pieces together and wrongly accuse him. Mm -hmm. Like, you're already being wrongly accused. Yeah, So give me specific reasons why each of these adults who are offering themselves to you as good sounding boards. Yeah. I will support you. I, you are in my office and you're not going to leave until you tell me something or yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's just really frustrating. And I almost wish that Dumbledore had been like, is there anything you want to tell me? And Harry says, no. And he's like, okay, we're going to talk about things then. Like yeah. I gave you an opportunity. Now we're going to talk about how you're a parcel mouth Yeah, or it's- how you keep ending up around where the petrified things are. Tell me what you saw. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like the whole parent thing where it's like, if your kid messes up, you give him one chance to come clean and be like, say, what happened to my favorite mug? And if they're like, I don't know, then you can be like, well, that's weird because I found it in your room broken yeah. with your fingerprints on it. Like, and, and I agree. I think, and we were talking about this in the pre-show before we were recording, but, um, you know, ask stupid questions, get stupid answers. Mm-hmm. And when Dumbledore is just going to be just broad and be like, anything, anything you want to talk about? Huh? Like, of course. Like, ask any kid. Any kid. Be like, what are you thinking about? Or, like, have anything you want to tell me? Like, nobody's going to say, like, oh, in fact, I do. Like, it's just not a thing. Especially when they're worried that they might get in trouble. Like, in that context of, like, you might get in trouble, they're not just going to, like, volunteer information unless they have, like, a strong case. I don't I just... I think Dumbledore should have pushed more, and I think Dumbledore should have asked more specific questions that would actually give him, like... You know, give a little bit of what you do know. Be like, look, Harry, we know you're a parcel mouth. We heard this happen and stuff like that. Can we just talk about that? Like, what's up? I, I realize that might be a scary thing for you because you didn't even know it was a thing. Like, maybe we, let's talk about that. Like, if he had come at it from that angle, I feel like he would have gotten something. But instead, he's just like, here's a giant blank canvas. Fill it with information for me. And Harry's like, nah, we're cool, man. I'm good. Can I go now? <laughs> like, I don't like painting. Yeah, right. <laughs> so... I- uh, I just realized that McGonagall just kind of like dumps him in Dumbledore's office and leaves. <laughs> yeah. And so like, as far as we know, Dumbledore doesn't even know why Harry's in his office. Could be. I don't know. Like, but while Harry's doing the hair, the Sorting Hat stuff, I thought that Dumbledore was getting briefed on it. That's how he had the chance to be like looking around in the office with the bird and everything. He's he's in there and he's looking around, but I don't know where McGonagall goes. I don't know. I just thought that's I, that was the briefing period. That might that might be the case. But she rapped on the door. Professor McGonagall told Harry to wait and left him there alone. We don't even really know where she goes. She might turn around and leave. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Or she maybe went to like a separate, separate little antechamber of the actual Chamber of Secrets in Dumbledore's office. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. Yep, that's where she was went. Telling you about what it was. <laughs> she went to the Chamber of Tell Everybody Everything. <laughs> it's the, the place they go to talk. It's the Chamber of Knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Chamber, yeah. <laughs> mm. um, chamber of Billboards. <laughs> so, real quick, we do need to talk about the Polyjuice Potion. Right. I feel like you and I don't have that much to say i mean it's it wasn't the most interesting thing in the chapter no it wasn't but i do want to pause it before we get there the phoenix 
has to play a role at some point later, right? The, Dumbledore the Phoenix... does get a little exposition about it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, the Phoenix does X, Y, and Z. Yep. And it's like, it good, is. good to know. You carry heavy loads and you have healing tears. Yep. Oh, healing tears. Mm. Mm. Weird. We have some people who have some really weird predicaments. There was a third one. I don't remember what the third one was. Like, um, self on fire? I don't know. They're like immortal, I guess. Uh, oh, they're, they're very... Uh, they're fiercely loyal or something like yeah, that that's what it was like anyway I'm, I'm thinking maybe phoenix tears are the cure to petrification we'll see or it's the mandrakes who knows uh it's just weird that he did talk so much about the phoenixes and there's a phoenix on the cover of the book so phoenixes will be at some point important to the whole thing maybe the basilisk eats the phoenix and he gets like wicked bad heartburn like real bad <laughs> <laughs> and the phoenix it, like, like Blur, it, it just blows up. And yeah, that's yeah. how I like it. There's a hole in the basilisk's stomach, and you look, and the basilisk is like riding to its death, and it falls, and you look, and there's just a hole, and there's just like this baby little phoenix just kind of in this pile of ashes in the stomach. Where am I? So that's how I imagine this book ending. I love that ending, mm-hmm. and I want that instead yeah. of what happens. Harry's <laughs> chasing the phoenix specifically so he can shove it down the basilisk's throat because apparently it likes <laughs> birds, it's eating chickens. So, you know. So, um. So the polyjuice potion. Polyjuice potion. That's what it's like. What we're gonna do after this? <laughs> um, I just think it's really interesting that the, I don't think it's interesting. It's frustrating that mm-hmm. they have all sorts of doubts about the polyjuice potion. Like, as soon as they need to, like knock crab and goyle out like really that's the thing that's making you think mm, i don't uh, know about this and hermione's like no i did not go through all this all of these things <laughs> i did not get in a fist fight with millicent bolstrude uh-huh. just for you guys to wimp out about giving them drugged up cupcakes like yeah no that's not how this goes and then they don't actually know where they're going once they take the potion <sighs> the whole thing was just lousy it's so I, I, I can't believe that Hermione wouldn't sit there and go, we need to, like, triangulate where Malfoy's going mm-hmm, to be. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out where the Slytherin common room is. We need to figure out these things. My job is to brew the potion. Your job is intel. Yep, yep. <laughs> go out there. Get it. I know it's a weird time to be wandering around. You need to do some system. recon. Yep. <laughs> but she's like, I already have the cake, guys. It's right here. It's going to happen. Like, you can't, you can't, like, nope. Like, how are we going to do it? And she's like, you this this is how is she the train that would not be stopped is that the what like apparently man like they sort of offhandedly mentioned we need to figure out what malfoy's up to and then hermione's just like snowballing this crazy idea and they're like unwittingly dragged along is that really what's happening it seems to be i definitely wouldn't want to get in her way that's for sure not this time she's gonna create an elaborate plan to get to the bottom of whatever your secret is so she must have thought that she got Malif- Malefic- mm. She must have thought that she got that Millicent. other girl's like arm hair or something like that. Like I think hair. Maybe hair. she has really short hair. But for it to be a cat, really short. Mm. Even like a female with really short hair tends to have longer hair than a cat. I, I mean, anything's possible. Anything's possible. There are long hair cats. There are short haired women. That's great. I, I celebrate all these things, but. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bag yourself in a corner. <laughs> You're hairless, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> now the listeners know. <laughs> um, but it's uh, 
it's weird that she would just be like, yeah, no, I totally, this hair, it's got to be hers, right? Because we scuffled and it's- I pulled it off of hers. Well, she's probably like, no one's leaving hairs on Millicent Bulstrode. (laughs) (laughs) She could have a cat too. They all have familiars. She could have a rat. I have never thought about Millicent in terms of like, she has a cat in her- dorm like okay. i've always thought yeah. about she has a cat at home like and i forgot oh, that could be that i too. forgot that people have cats and yeah, at yeah. hogwarts because we haven't met anyone who has a cat yet yeah even though they're allowed pets i totally yeah she probably has a cat and it's like sleeps with her at night or something she could yeah or it could be it's, it, it's christmas she could have just gotten that sweater for christmas and it's well i guess they, they haven't they yeah. haven't left for christmas yet um but either way it's the sort of thing yeah it could be from home but she could have a cat uh, it could be from mrs norris for some reason um maybe millicent's the uh yeah maybe millicent's Slytherin. actually a cat <laughs> so she really did get her hair but she's just a cat <laughs> you know <laughs> they don't talk about that possibility Ooh. yeah but so poor po- hermione turns herself into kind of a cat and yeah is- is is in a rough spot and spends the entire time that Harry and Ron find out, mm. like, they go find Malfoy and everything. She spends the entire time crying in the bathroom. Sad. And Moni Myrtle is like, yep, been Gleeful there. about it. <laughs> yeah. And I think because this spell is messed up and they went off script, it's not going to end in the scripted amount of time. Like, I think she's going to be this cat thing for, like, several hours. You know, it's not just going to wear off because they come back and they've already changed back and she's clearly still not... So it's like, yep, you messed with the recipe. You're going to get a different result. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. But in the meantime. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. Harry and Ron are now Crab and Goyle. They're who wandering around wandered aimlessly. Down. Thankfully, they transformed into like idiots because otherwise this whole thing would be like, something's weird here. Because... Like, why are you asking a Ravenclaw where your common room is? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Hmm. And. I think it's really foolish of them to just think, we'll ask somebody. We'll find somebody. When they know the entire school has run away from Hogwarts out of fear. Yeah. And there's this weird ethnocentrism where it's like, oh, anyone who's not a Gryffindor, like, I know the people in my house, but all those people, I don't know. Are you a Slytherin? I don't don't know. There's a lot of you. You're probably a Slytherin. Look at you. You're coming up from the dungeons. I associate (laughs) Snape with the dungeon. I love... That was pretty good... uh, sort of triangulating to remember it. They come up from the dungeons for breakfast. Yeah. That was observant of so them. So probably Ravenclaw. Surprisingly or observant. Probably, yeah. Um, it's probably Ravenclaw going out to get, like, more data, you know? Totally. She's just on a scouting mission. Maybe she she's your, yeah. <laughs> she's your heir. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Down in the dungeons, new character. <laughs> Had not, some good Not lines. very kind. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but so they end up finding Malfoy they don't know the password to the common room and like Malfoy's like calling you guys are morons I can't Mm -hmm. believe you forgot the thing oh right the password's pure blood (laughs) we're so (laughs) self-obsessed oh isn't it funny pure blood oh that's in good taste and then Mm -hmm. they end up in the common room with Malfoy where Malfoy just monologues at them for a long time exposition Malfoy okay so let's talk about this because Mm -hmm. I actually buy this a little bit more than I think you did. Uh, yeah, it's just, it is very overt and they do kind of stumble through it and just kind of stare at him and he just keeps saying what they need him to say conveniently in this tight little package. Um, it, 
it does seem like if anybody were to go off on a monologue about their plan, it would be Malfoy. And it does show a more vulnerable side of Malfoy that makes it less of like an evil thing where he's like, I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I wish it was Harry. I wish I was convinced of anything. So it's like he showed doubt and he exhibited that he is a real person. Um, and I think it is believable because he doesn't care about their opinions. He doesn't care about what they have to add to it. He's just using them as a sounding board. They, they describe Crabbe and Goyle as total morons, and they might be, but I wonder how reliable our narrator is on that. And I wonder how much yeah. they do talk to him. But they just sort of play dumb. And I wonder how many times Malfoy, like has to lead them through his jokes yeah and how many times he just monologues at them because they'd have nothing to offer yeah. and they're just sort of his adoring audience at all times they're probably just there to laugh at the jokes and stuff yeah and they must i mean you say the the narrator might be unreliable but like the fact that they're like what azkaban and he's like yeah azkaban remember the wizarding school uh how do you keep forgetting that or wizarding prison ayo uh it's like if they really are forgetting... Prison is a kind of school, isn't it? <laughs> in Europe. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, if he has to explain to them what Azkaban is multiple times, they probably are legitimately morons because that's a pretty memorable, important thing. And if they're purebloods, like his family probably talks about like the big wizarding prison, yeah. especially if they're Slytherins and there was once a time when... like. A lot of people who were Slytherin who were following Voldemort were then being thrown in Azkaban. Yeah, yeah. So, so. it's probably... So they probably are idiots, in my opinion. We'll see. I, you know, the narrator... Who knows? It was, it, I just sort of... I, I've, I bought his exposition botness way more than the Hufflepuffs, way more than Dumbledore's, like... Yeah, yeah. Which I sort of tried to explain away as, like, a teaching moment when he was explaining the the phoenix situation of like oh phoenix i'm a teacher so i'm gonna teach you about mm-hmm. a thing right now by giving you properties of this but it was this just is clear that the time and place to bring this up <laughs> um the other the other thing that that made it less con- convenient and at least motivated why malfoy was talking about this mm-hmm. was mr weasley's inquiry at oh, work oh yeah which i completely forgot that we got a payout on that 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 was nice to close that loop and figure out what's up i'm glad he was only fined that's a big fine yeah big fine how big is a galleon compared to is that the biggest unit yes galleon's the big gold one which when he went with them to gringotts they didn't have any galleons okay so harry has quite a few galleons yes he has like piles of gold and all that business um but some someone did the did the math at one point and i think it, they tried to like equate sickles nuts and galleons to like money mm-hmm. and it was like 250 bucks for a galleon or something oh. like that it's like a lot yeah. and then so 50 of those is a lot that is a lot wow huh is either 25 or 250 is a lot it was a lot either way it was more way than more they could afford for sure we've yeah. seen in their vault there's no galleons there so mm. he's going to be paying that off for a long time wow so it's very and sad. But I loved in that news clipping that they quote Molly Weasley, and she's, like, even pre- protective in newsprint. <laughs> like, so great. She's the ultimate mama bear, you know? She's like, get off my lawn. I don't even remember what it was that, that she said, but it was so perfect. I'm going to find it. Yes. Hmm. So while you're looking that up, um, they're talking about the inquiry and and 
Draco was, you know, tickled with it. He gave Ron a tip-off as to where they can search for stuff. Not that, I mean, Ron's channel to convey that information to the Ministry is, is a little bit severed now. Where it's like, what, he's going to have his dad tell them? And then what, his dad is going to be like, hey guys, I know I'm in huge trouble, but you should totally believe me and look under here. Like, it's just, I mean, maybe you can just put an anonymous note in and they might follow up on it. I don't know. It seemed to, it that was supposed to be like a silver lining for the Weasleys of like, oh, well, we got in trouble, but now we really got them. So it's like, no, this isn't all bad. But I don't know. It still seems real bad. Yeah, it's, it's not going to negate the actual problem of him bewitching a muggle item like yeah. him directly violating a law that he wrote yeah and like ron came out of it excited about the next thing and it's like no i think he'd be way devastated i don't think he'd come out of that being like yeah we got him i think he'd come out of it like oh man i really need to talk to my parents like i had no idea the scale of this hashtag ask an adult mm-hmm. um yeah so mrs it says here, Mr. Weasley was unavailable for comment, although his wife told reporters to clear off or she'd set the family ghoul on them. It's just like, <laughs> yes. yep, that checks out. Yep. <laughs> makes total sense. Uh, so the whole Polyjuice Potion, it was a success in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, they did actually eliminate a theory. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, they did learn from Malfoy that the Chamber of Secrets was opened before, mm-hmm. 50 years ago. That someone died. Yeah, as and a result. And that uh, Malfoy said the person who did it was expelled and is probably in Azkaban still. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'd be really nice to ask an adult about and find out what that is about. Like 50 years ago. So mm-hmm. it's like happened before. So like probably people remember this. Yeah, yeah. And it could be the direct descendant of that person or just two, you know, two generations past that is now in that school. Uh, you think they would just they have a have record a of that? Cousin, a yeah, brother, sister, anyone? Does Voldemort have a brother? Where is Ragnarok these days? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen him in a while. Good old Reggie. <laughs> I want to know if the teachers have a short list as to who it could be. Like, I mean, it's been made clear that Dumbledore and McGonagall are just as clueless as the rest of them, but they've got to have a little bit of like, who do you think it is? Mm, I wonder what they think. Uh, the Chamber of Knowledge would be a nice place to watch. Mm-hmm. Where Dumbledore has his own map of all the students with twine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His <laughs> That's how own he crazy He's one. like, I've heard the Ravenclaws. We're, we're neck and neck. <laughs> they can't beat me. <laughs> <laughs> but we are running into a time crunch, so let's yeah. do favorite quotes real quick. Yes, because that's all I had to say. Nice. Um, What was your favorite quote? My favorite quote was on page. Let me pull it up. <clears throat> My favorite quote was on page 213. It was also going to be one of your favorite quotes, I think. We'll see. We'll see. So, let's see. Yeah, 213. Harry and Ron looked incredulously at each other. Hermione, I don't think that anything could go seriously wrong, but Hermione had a steely glint in her eye, not unlike the one Professor McGonagall sometimes had. I just really liked that. I, I liked the comparison of, like, look at look at her being an adult, but, like, doing this thing where I feel like they've fleshed out McGonagall as a character so well in the first book and, and just seeing that used on Hermione gave us a nice little glimpse of future Hermione. And I saw it, I think I'm a little bit biased because I saw like a little meme thing on Facebook where it's like the look Hermione gives you when 
uh, you interrupt her when she's reading something. And they show, like, kid Hermione giving, like, this look. And then they show, like, adult Hermione way later giving that exact same look. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, that's funny. Yeah, so I saw that. And I'm just like, oh, that is too perfect. And I read it. And I'm like, this is great. This just gives us such a glimpse into, like, who Hermione is and how set as a character she is. Like, this is the look that she gives someone when you call into question this thing, she is so meticulously researched and, and looked into. She's like, I've done my it. job. If you guys screw it up, it's your fault. Yep. <laughs> and I just got such this look. Yeah, it just painted a really funny picture, and I liked it a lot. So. Actually, not the quote that I picked. Not the quote. Not you have something quote. else on 213. Yeah, so okay. I'm, I'm going to do both because I wanted to. Yeah, sure. Um, also Hermione, though. And it's, um, she says, we still need... A bit of the people you're changing into, said Hermione, matter-of-factly, as though she were sending them to the supermarket for laundry detergent. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She would kind of have this detachment and just be very no-nonsense, like, we're out of soap. Go get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too busy doing this part, but we can't stop the laundry loads, so you need to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. That's good. Here's that. And then the one that I was going to do, if you had said that um is on 216 and it's when harry's changing mm-hmm. in the polyjuice potion and i just really liked the description it felt mm-hmm. like a, an excellent it talked about all the different body parts that change when you're becoming a different body mm. and so it's immediately his inside started writhing as though he just swallowed live snakes mm. doubled up he wondered whether he was going to be sick then a burning sensation spread rapidly from his stomach to the very ends of his fingers and toes Next, bringing him gasping to all fours, came a horrible melting feeling, Mm. as though skin all over his body bubbled like hot wax. And before his eyes, his hands began to grow. The fingers thickened. The nails broadened. The knuckles were bulging like bolts. His shoulders stretched painfully, and a prickling in his forehead told him his hair was creeping down toward his eyebrows. Mm. His robes ripped at his chest, expanded like a barrel through bursting its hoops. His feet were agony in in four sizes, two small shoes. Hmm. And it's just like all the specific, like, like I try to think about, I, I think you think about growing and like maybe your spine growing or shrinking mm-hmm. or some of that. But beyond that, like, I don't really think about if I were like gradually changing into another body, like your hair changes yeah, in yeah. a different location and like your fingernails get broader or thinner and your teeth get a little bit like, I think about all the like specific little parts of my body that I'm vaguely aware of and yeah. they're suddenly like, I'm very aware of them and they're painfully different. Hmm. It was, I just, I loved it. That is cool. And there are so many little things. She didn't have to do that. No, she, it could have just been like, it hurt and there was hot wax and suddenly I'm a new person. Mm, <laughs> exactly. But no, she really took the time to paint the picture. I think it was an example of how her writing has matured, that she can um, that she can write something so descriptive without it seeming cheesy and with it feeling earned. And I feel like mm-hmm. it really was earned in a way that a lot of things in this chapter didn't feel as earned. Mm-hmm. But this moment was, and it was cool. Uh, and... <laughs> I, not going to lie, I, I kind of cracked myself up halfway through reading it because I'm like, man, what if someone writing fanfic was writing a similar transformation of like, what if Harry had transformed into Lockhart? They'd be like, his chest ripped at his shirt <laughs> as it broadened. <laughs> <laughs> his legs like barrels. <laughs> his hair grew long with curls. Luxurious and, and warm. <laughs> I'm just like, man, if she had written this from a different angle. It'd be really something. Uh, so I, 
Yeah. Not to not to make fun of a serious moment. No, but that's great. It's totally that's... what I thought about, especially with the like chest ripping, and I'm just like, mm. <laughs> it's. But I totally like that. That was sort of a weird moment too. Of of you don't really think about like I I think about all the little twelve year olds. It's kind of scrawny, but like yeah. these are kind of like they're ahead of their yeah, like their age group. These yeah. boys. And what that's like to suddenly feel like you take up wider space. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 a foreign. I feel like I understand it, even though I've never experienced it. That's it's very well written. I think. Agreed. So great. Cool. Well, thanks. That was great. Uh, you can find us online. Um, I'm at Clark Hodges. I'm at Alyssa Small, and we are at Wordstruck Pod. So and this is on Twitter, by the way. Please tweet at us. Um, because last time I asked for your Harry Potter haikus and I've created a few and heard none others. So, so we're just going to wait until we have some before I'd we share them. I'd love to your hear <laughs> your Harry Potter haikus about like transforming into another person Ooh, or yeah. like, give me your most exposition-y Harry Potter haiku. <laughs> <laughs> but not spoilery. Not, yeah. That'll so, be hard. Yeah, that'll be tricky. Good luck. Uh, give us a rating on iTunes if you haven't already. Uh, You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for listening, and have a wonderful day.